Peter Osgood's a classic, isn't it? <laughs> John Graham was the manager at the time. And he had said to me when we were going to Edmonton, oh, I understand there's a really good player at Spittle called Osgood. Do you know about him? I said, oh, yeah, I know about Peter, all right. He said, what's he like? I said, he's brilliant. I said, God, I said, yeah, getting down here. So he said, well, I've got the reserve team manager who was a bloke called Eric Bench to go down and watch him. So off we go to Edmonton. And anyway, we come back, we're in the bar and there's Eric standing at the bar. So John said, let's go over and have a word. We walked over there. Hello, Eric. Did you go and watch Spittle today? He went, yeah, yeah. He said, what was it like? They waited the time. He said, he said it, it was a walkover. He said Spittle won 10 nil. So John said, um, what was Oscar like then? And he went, well, um, he scored eight, but to be honest, he didn't do much else. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's podcast, I speak to Mickey Hill, a former midfielder who took the field at Stag Meadow throughout the 60s and 70s. Mickey was a brilliant midfielder. He was a Windsor lad who lived opposite the ground. And we discussed some of the great stories from his playing days, including the story of when a then Windsor manager didn't follow up the chance of signing Peter Osgood and a youth team game against the mighty Ajax a team which may or may not have featured the great Johan Cruyff. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks so much for joining the podcast, Mick. It's genuinely an honour to have you on the podcast. So a number of us can learn about your life at Stag Meadow in the 60s and 70s. Well, thanks very much. Now, I want to start, Mick, by going back to when you first you first joined Windsor back in, uh, I think, 1961. Mm-hmm. You know, as a Windsor boy, my first question is, like, what, what did it mean to you to represent your hometown team? And, uh, you know, as a young lad, was that always your goal to play for Windsor? It probably was when I was very young because I just lived across the road. And um, playing for Spittle Boys, most of the lads just thought you know the next thing was to play for Windsor so yeah that's true how did how did the move to Windsor come about uh, well I was playing for Spittle and yeah. um they we got to a cup final playing Slough boys and we, we beat them 2-0 uh, in the cup final and the Windsor manager Frank Neary who was um used to play for Millwall um he come around the house and just said you know we want you to come and play for Windsor um so I did that's how that started. Now, one of your if I, if I get this right, one of the in one of your first your first seasons at the club, the the country as a whole went through the whole what was the famous big freeze where the whole in Windsor the River Thames had frozen over. That's right. Football came yeah. to a complete standstill. What do you like? What do you remember about that? And just how cold was it? Well, it, it was it wasn't so much the cold. It was the snow. It was. Um, uh, it was uh, monstrous, really. And the season actually got called off and then they divided the teams of the Athenian League or the Delphian, it might have been, into two halves to play a quick tournament when it got to about March. And and what happened was um, <laughs> we had one of our first matches, which was a cup match. Right. Um, it was against Eastbourne. 
and uh, it was a sheet of ice and all the you know the, pe- the people the supporters and all cleared it but unfortunately it was a sheet of ice and we all turned up in our studs and Eastbourne who were managed by um, a, the old Charlton player called uh, Gordon Jago uh, right. centre half for Charlton and he had, he had obviously he was well clued up because they all come out in um, uh, you know uh, pencils so they had the grip. We were all over the place, and we got beat three 0 And that was a uh, quite, you know, it just shows you some of you who had the experience of playing on that pitch, and they they, they give us a right walloping. So that's that. the main thing I remember about that year. And how long did the season actually? So did the season like was it three or four months or something? It just completely. It, no, it was very. It, it, it might have been shorter than that, actually. Um, it was just a quick league put up, and uh, I think it was in two halves, the North and the South teams that were in there, and they just played a sort of a quick competition in about the last six weeks of the season. Uh, we didn't win it, by the way. <laughs> um, so that's how they got over that. <laughs> Now, listen, in your time, in your in your time at Windsor and like in the sixties, um, when I was writing a book, you know, we we reached a number of cup finals. We had runs in the Amateur Cup. What were some of your favourite yeah. memories at Stag Meadow in that period? Well, a favourite memory would be um, I'm just trying to think when that was. That was very early. It might have been sixty one, sixty two, when we 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 had a very good team. And we uh, got quite away in the amateur cup. I think it might have been the last, um, it might have been the last thirty-two. And we had to go to Crook Town, and yeah. they, you know, Crook Town has won the amateur cup loads of times. And we went up there, and we lost two-one with the last kick of the game. We nearly took them to a replay, and of course they went on to win the cup that year uh, when they beat Hounslow in the final. But as I say, we we then got to the final of the Barks and Butts Cup where we played um, Wickham at Elm Park, Reading, and um, we beat them 2-0. And they had, a, they had about six English internationals, but we really played well that day. So um, that's what I remember from those times. It was a good team, that. And one of the players who scored in that, in that final, if, um, if, if my research is correct, was, was Chris Bristow. And his that's name right. came up quite a lot. Like how good a player yes. was he? And I've I've heard a lot of people say that he's arguably one of the best players to have worn the red and green shirt. Like, what was what was he like? Yeah, yeah talent wise, he, he was. Um, he, he always got criticised because he wouldn't run back. You know, in those days, you remember it Amazing. wasn't up and down the field. If you were a winger, you were a winger, and Chris wouldn't work at all. But when you got given the ball, he was he was something else. Uh, he had a good uh, sort of start, and he, he was a youth team player at Tottenham. So he had played with some good football, and he was an exceptionally clever winger, and he could score goals as well. I love that. And talking of goals, another player that scored a lot of goals in that period was Terry Wharf. What was what was Terry? Yeah, Terry came player? from. He was another player. He came from Reading. I think he had been on Reading's books. And uh, yeah, he was a, he was a good centre forward, Terry. Very fast, very strong, a very confident player. 
good in the air. You know, I mean, Terry, he was a good player and he would always tell you how good he was as well. <laughs> so he was full of confidence. And it seemed during that period as well, like when I speak to players from the the kind of Kevin Mitchell era in the, in the 80s, yeah. there was a lot of players where there was yeah. a real nucleus of that team that were together for quite a long time. But, you know, as I look back to that period in the 60s and 70s, there's, again, there seemed to be a bit of a nucleus of a side, yourself, Chris Bristow, et cetera, et cetera, that had been there for a good number of years. Yeah, we had we had been there a long, long time. But Colin Owen, of course, was another... Yeah. Well, you might have come across his name, yeah. another stalwart of Windsor. He, he, he was absolutely a tireless winger up and down. You know, he stayed at Windsor all his career. Um, he was a typical winner player of the year every year because <laughs> he was so versatile. Uh, very good player. And there was a lot of local players at that time. One story I was going to ask you about was, again, I had it in the book, was I think... Um, Charlie Jackson was the manager at the time. And yes. I think it was Mike Goss had told me this, that yeah. the squad had gone on a tour to Holland and played yeah. Utrecht. And Charlie had yeah. previously managed or coached Utrecht. And yeah. he had been telling the squad about how well known he was out there, et cetera, et cetera. But all the squad yeah. just took it. I think with a pinch of salt, like, yeah, of course you are. Yeah. And then you've all arrived out there and literally he was probably more famous than David Beckham. Yeah, he was very, he was held in very high esteem out there. Um, I don't know whether Mickey told you, but we, we played your track and we got beat, I think about 4-1. But we also played uh, Ajax or Ajax, as they say. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, did he say that? Yeah, and we got yeah. hammered 7-1. But it was it was their youth team that hammered us, right. and do you know, ever since that day, lately, I've looked at the the times, you know, the ages of what Johan Cruyff and Naiskins would have been, <laughs> and it fits perfectly that they may well have been in that size. Wow, <laughs> I'm not surprised either. They could have been because it was their youth team, and they, I mean, we we were good. Not a bad side, you know, an amateur side, but that, that youth team, they were playing a different type of game and they hammered it. So I'd like to think that Cruyff and those games were playing. We just go with but that. I can't very that. Uh, we, we go with that. Yeah. We absolutely go with that. <laughs> Johan Cruyff against Windsor. Loving that. Yeah, yeah. Loving Could that. well have happened. But what was Charlie like as a manager? Charlie Jackson, well, as a manager, he was probably the most talented manager. But I think at that time, he, he really needed better players than he had at Windsor because a lot of the things he tried to do, you know what um, players are like. They they get stuck in their ways, don't they? And he, he had a certain way of playing and keeping the ball. And, of course, we weren't used to that. It was a new sort of a thing coming in. So... He had limited success because I don't think he could get his ideas over. In fact, he needed better players. Yeah. Uh, but he was a good manager. He definitely knew his stuff. And how yeah. strong was like local football in that period? Because, again, it seemed like 
you know, Windsor, like we'd be often playing Slough in the Hospital Cup and various different cup competitions yep. beating them. Maidenhead were pretty strong. It seemed like uh, yeah. Wickham, Reading, it seemed like the, the local scene was all really strong during that period. Yeah, it, it was. Wickham were the the best team. There's no doubt about that. But um, as I say, we beat them in the... Uh, in my time, we beat them twice. And they had, they had excellent sides. But yeah, I would say the standing was, was very good. Slough were always a strong team. Um, a stronger team than us. But the fact was, because it was a local derby, we had really good results against them. I can't remember losing Slough many times because that old local derby kicked in, you know. And uh, us being the underdogs, of course, I think we always put in that bit extra when it was Slough. I was going to ask, like, during my period of watching uh, Windsor, like, the, yeah. whenever it's against Slough, it's all lots of passion and rivalry between yeah. teams. But again, probably the era that you played, the, the size of the crowds were probably two or three times larger than anything that I'd ever experienced as a supporter. I mean, it must have just been fantastic atmospheres. Yeah, we had some good crowds when we were doing well. Um, yeah, it's, you know, you, you sort of forget that you, you, you sort of, um, you can't sort of say you were used to a certain amount of people being there. But yeah, there were good crowds there. And there's no doubt about that when we were doing well. And what were the pitches like? Were they because Stag Meadows always been a terrible pitch oh, up until recent right. years? Oh, I can just imagine what that must have been like in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, well, it was it was murder because it was uh, it's all clay, and uh, it was absolutely murder. And we used to train out the back. You know, at the back there was um, a cow's field out there with horse jumps. <laughs> and we used to train out there, and that was even worse. So. Um, we, in fact, I remember, I think it was Charlie Jackson stopped us training Thursday because it was taking too much out of us because it was so heavy, you know. That's the only place we had to train. Um, and then I think we started going up the gym, Victoria Barracks. Uh, right, and gotcha. It was really muddy, but, yeah, yeah, but that, that, that pitch is notorious. I don't know what it's like now. It's actually like a bowling green. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> now, you were at the club for many years. Um, many many yeah. years. Um, what what was special about Windsor and Eaton for you, and you know what made you decide to stay at the club for as long as you did? Uh, you, to be honest, you could say laziness um, because I only lived across the road. And although when I started to play for Windsor, you know, I thought, oh yeah, this is where I always want to be. Like I did have chances. Um, I, uh, when we beat Wickham in the final, um, Wickham approached me to play for them. But I wasn't driving at the time, and I was bone idle, you know. <laughs> I said, no, nah, no, nah, I'm staying at Windsor. And uh, the manager at Slough wanted me to go to Slough, and I wouldn't even go there uh, because I'd left across the road. Um, <laughs> and I think <laughs> I was totally bone idle. And I played a couple of games with Millwall Youth, and um, I turned that in and all. So <laughs> you could say... I was bone idle. <laughs> now you were still, as you you mentioned earlier, um, 
you were still playing at the beginning of the Brian Caterer and Colin Lippier yeah. area. They're obviously the kind That's of it. the latter part of your career. At the like, yeah. what were those guys like to play under? And at the time, obviously, they they were starting to build that really successful yeah. side. Did at the time, did you sort of see that talent emerging? Yeah, uh, uh, Brian, as I say, was a very hard uh, player, and um, when he was playing for Chesham and this and the other. And when he was manager, you could see what was great about Brian is that he he wasn't like a Charlie Jackson. Brian knew that if you want to have a, a good and the best team, you've got to get the best players. So you've got to have money going in. And Brian knew that and he worked on that and I admired him for that. And uh, so I played two games and I was 34 then. And I played two games and I wasn't really happy. And I said to Brian, I think I'm going to uh, pack up Brian. And he went, uh, yeah, he said, have a couple of games for reserves then and see how you go. And, and I did. And then I ran the reserves for a while and then I ran the youth team. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I've got had a great uh, uh, admiration for Brian because he knew what it took to be successful in as much as you can be the greatest coach in the world. If you haven't got the money at any level, you're not going to get far. And I think that's true in every sort of, um, uh, every sort of a, what, what I say, level of football. And uh, Brian understood that. Now you mentioned yeah. that, like you went in, Brian recommended like you went into the reserves and you started managing in the reserves. Had that always been something yeah. like management and coaching? Had that always been a, a route you wanted to go down or was it just circumstances you ended up no, and gave it a go? Yeah, not really. Yeah, not really. I, I sort of, um, I just thought when you're playing, you think you'll play forever. Yeah. And then you suddenly, you know, the body starts telling you you're not going to. And then, um, so I had a couple of games for reserves, took the reserves for a couple of times and then uh, the youth team come up and that, I, I was keen on that. I thought, oh yeah, I could be, because really, uh, when you think there was me and there was a couple of others, like you mentioned Peter Skerritt, but there was a lot of local players, good players you know, it, that come out of Windsor, never went to Windsor. So I thought, you know, there's a lot of talent in the town. So we run the youth team. We were quite successful. And we won the league, we won the cup. Um, and quite a few players come through. So I think that was worthwhile. Totally. And, you know, I know yeah. from, from interviewing knock ian richards you know he he holds you in you know really high um esteem um you know and as i say you just look at the players that you know you mentioned earlier that that came through from your period coaching Mm. um that was a very very good uh set of players that that you developed yeah yeah so there were some good players there's no doubt about that and being local you know it's nice to see that because um, it didn't happen very often. There was a lot of players. <laughs> when you think about it, local players, Peter Osgood's a classic, isn't it? <laughs> it, it was uh, the story there. John Graham was the manager at the time. And he had said to me when we were going to Edmonton, oh, I understand there's a really good player at Spittle called Osgood. Do you know about him? I said, oh, yeah, I know about Peter, all right. He said, what's he like? I said, he's brilliant. I said, God, I said, yeah, get him down here. So he said, well, I've got the reserve team manager who was a bloke called Eric Bench to go down and watch him. So off we go to Edmonton. And anyway, we come back, we're in the bar 
and there's Eric standing at the bar. So John said, let's go over and have a word. We walked over there. Hello, Eric. Did you go and watch Spittle today? He went, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, so what was it like? They wasted time. He said, uh, he said it, it was a walkover. He said Spittle won 10 nil. So John said, um, what was Oscar like then? And he went, well, um, he scored eight, but to be honest, he didn't do much else. And uh, I just looked at John, he looked at me, and we just walked away, speechless. <laughs> and rumour has it, like, again, you might be able to speak to this, but rumour has it, like, for Peter's perspective, he always wanted to play for Windsor. He did, yeah. I didn't know that at the time because I was at Windsor and he was at Spittle at the time. But um, as I say, that has come out a lot. But the fact that we, <laughs> that the, the the ironic thing is that, as I say, poor, poor John's poor passed away. I've never had, I never ever spoke to him and said, why wasn't it followed up? You know, we sort of just walked away from the bar thinking he didn't have a good game. He's just scored eight goals, you know. And it was never followed up. It's strange, isn't it? Because he'd been sensational at Windsor, wouldn't he? But there again, he went to Chelsea about a month later. So that was a missed opportunity. The youth team that I, um, I did run for a couple of years, around about that time, I think a few of them did did actually play for Windsor. Uh, uh, Skerritt. Yeah, totally. You know I was going to ask you about your your, your period. Um, yeah, coaching the youth team because, as you say, like Peter Skerritt, Knocker Ian Knocker Richards, Robert Gold, uh, Knocker Richards, uh, Mark Dreeland. Yeah, you know that name, Mark Dreeland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they had, there was a brilliant winger, but he went to Marlow. I think Nicky Collier. He didn't go to Windsor. He went to Marlow. What potential did you ever see in Knocker? He was hard, very hard player. Yeah. And he 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 would um he would listen. He would listen. He was very quiet and he went about he wasn't a, a mouthy player, not when I knew him, when he was um a youngster. And he listened and he would do what he was told and he was a very you know he he knew he knew his job and he got on with it. Um, so, yeah, I could see why he done very well. Yeah, he had the right attitude. That's that's the word, isn't it? Yeah, totally. The right totally. attitude, definitely. Totally. Now, did you, post-Windsor, after that period, did you did you go on anywhere else? Did you coach anywhere else after Windsor? Um, no, after Windsor, I, um, I just started playing Sunday football. You know, um, really, it was, uh, all, all, you know, just joined in with all the lads I'd known. And growing up with, and just went into a sort of Sunday football, and that was it. Never any, never any aspirations it. to be a manager. No, not really. No, not really. I think it. I think. I mean, I played under ten managers at Windsor, and I also went. I played at Walton, and I played at Marlow, um, and with all the managers I, I played under, I really now I really felt sorry for them. It's a soulless job sometimes. Because in this level of football, if you're very good, as I say, and you haven't got the money, you're always going to be struggling a bit because um, you just you haven't got the players, basically. And I think it can be a thankless task at times. Um, I mean, I know John, John Grant used to, 
almost bang his head against the wall, you know, with arguments with the committee about different things. And, um, you know, Vince. Well, Vince Craven was a manager. He's a very talented manager. And actually, uh, the, the tie up there is that Vince Craven and Johnny Graham were both managers of Windsor. And they met at Wembley because John Graham was assistant manager at Slough and Vince Craven was uh, walking in Ersham. Um, so they were sort of on opposing sides at Wembley, both ex-Windsor uh, managers. Um, yeah, yeah. Vince was very talented, um, very quiet, but he was too quiet. that uh, Vince Craven was um, knew so much about football and coaching, but what he lacked was what, Brian Caterer had, you know, Brian Caterer would walk into the dressing room and everybody fell silent. Not right. so with Vince. It'd all right. still be chattering. And that's a big difference when the manager frightens the shit out of you, like, you know. <laughs> you listen. <laughs> do, um, you listen. do you ever miss playing? Uh, yeah, I suppose I, I do. When I'm watching it on the telly, I do. You know, because you always say, oh, what do you do that for? Um, yeah, I think so. The, the, the real reason I packed up even Sunday, I mean, I played until I was uh, about 65. Oh, really? In Sunday football. Really? Yeah, yeah, in Sunday football. I could still do it. Um, but then I got a bad injury uh, in the knee. It I've had injury at football, but then I fell off a ladder and made it even worse. So um, I, I had to pack up then. But um, yeah, I did play for a long time. So, um, do, you, do you ever think uh, when you watch now how you would have how you would have played in today's era as a midfielder? Yes, I, I think what if if I knew now if I knew then what I knew now, yeah, I think I could have been a much better player. I think I was too, um, I had a bit of a temper. I was too um, impetuous, you know, um, as a midfield player. Um, I was I was really a bit like Nobby Styles would have been. Uh, right. he, he had a lot of talent, Nobby, but he was known for terrible fouls, wasn't he, and um, making ill-judged, <laughs> ill-judged tackles. Um, so, yeah, thinking back, back on it I'd, I'd like to have just thought you know I could be so much better if I'd have just calmed it a bit but that's it isn't it that's how it is totally totally and do you think football's changed for the better or worse now um it, I think that's that's very difficult because the grounds are so much better aren't they that's true um, I, I think sometimes when I, I love the football today although it's probably a bit too much um passing and not getting anywhere, but the actual ta- the tactical and the, the skill level is very high. But whether they could have done it in what we play is another, you know, it's another sort of um, question because um, those those pitches were absolutely murder, and you had to be a different type of player to uh, to, to survive on them. And it's it's then when I think back at George Best, what he done on those pitches. It's incredible. And Peter Osgood, of course, and talented players like that. What they'd be like today is sensational. It's funny, isn't it? Like you see with these FA Cup games that are on, on TV now and you, you the, the the credits roll at the start and you see the old footage and you look at the state yeah. of those pitches and you think, well, that's and that's at the top level 
of what the game was yeah. then, what the pitches must have been like at Stag Meadow um, during yeah. that era. My God. Yeah, totally murder. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be strong to plough through that, I'll tell you. Right, I'm now going to get to the final part where um, I do this on every podcast where I ask um, all the guests five quick fire questions. Um, they're quick fire, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily easy questions. So I'm going to start. When you reflect back to your time playing at Windsor, who is the best player you played with? Jerry O'Rourke. Okay, cool. And why Jerry? He, he he came to Windsor from he came straight from the army I think to Windsor mm-hmm. and he was an absolute tremendous player he only played one season he went to Wimbledon he turned professional for Wimbledon and uh, he was a he was a brilliant player absolutely brilliant and he he he, he was inside forward to Bristow so down that side they were deadly those two that's right. when we had that very good side definitely the best player that I played with at Windsor. Who was the best manager you played under? You mentioned there was 10 managers. Who was the best one you played yeah, under? Yeah, 10 managers. Yeah, that's difficult. I, I would always... See, Brian Cater, I never played, played under him long enough. Uh, so I would think that the, the most successful manager, this, you know, I'm going around your question a bit, was um, uh, Peter Blyfield uh, in my first season when, as I say, we lost to Crook and we won the Senior Cup. Uh, yeah. But really, he 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 had coached the side over Slough, and it was just Sunday Sunday side. And he came to Windsor, and Peter never took training; he didn't do nothing. He, he had a ready-made team, but what he did do, he never altered it. He right. just let you get on with it, play. And the training was done by a couple of experienced players, John Milbank and Eddie Badcock. And uh, Peter d- really done nothing, to be honest, but he was very successful. But Going on to the best manager, I would say it would be between Charlie Jackson and uh, Vince Craven. I thought were the best managers. Okay, good answer, good answer. Okay, who's the best player that you played against and why? Oh, right. Yeah, that's an interesting one. The best player was when we played Enfield, when they were, you know, the uh, best amateur team in the country. Uh, John Connell, and they had a player called John Connell, an Irish inside forward. And very close to him, I have to name two others. Can I name two others? Yeah, go on and I'll let you. John Connell was the best, a magical player. The other two was Roger Day, also of Enfield, and uh, Terry Reardon as well. I had great admiration for Terry. I thought he was a terrific player. But John Connell was a the top one, I think, and Roger Day close to him. Now, was there ever a team that you just loved to play against? Like you knew whenever you looked at the fixtures at the beginning of the season, you looked at yep. the fixtures and thought, right, that's here. I just know I'm going to have a good game because, you know, they're just like my lucky team. Was there any of those, was there a certain team that you loved to play against? Yeah, there was, the one I loved to play against where I always seemed to score and do well was Wingate. <laughs> Right, okay. I don't know why. That was a Jewish thing, Wingate. But the games I loved most of all, being the sort of player I was, 
with the local derby ones was against Slough and Maynard because I um I hated the both of them <laughs> because they were Slough and Maidenhead. And I always had a good game against Slough and Maidenhead, always. And I loved playing against them. That's a good answer. Yeah. And, okay, what about the, and then the flip side of that question, this is my final question, did any, was there a team you hated playing against? You just thought, oh, I dread this game. Yeah, Hartford Town. <laughs> and why Hartford? Well, they always beat us. <laughs> it, it's funny, isn't it? They, they always beat us. Uh, it doesn't matter how bad they were, they always beat us. And it's, it sort of gets in your head. And we thought, oh, Christ, it's bloody Hartford now, you know. And it's strange. They just, they had the Indian sign on us when I played. Yeah, very strange. Mick, thank you so yeah. much. Um, I've really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, and particularly yeah. because it's, you know, it's an era that, um, well, before I was born, um, you know, so it's just great yeah. to hear those stories. So thank you so much. Really appreciate yeah, it. All right. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And to everyone who's um, downloaded, thank you very much. And uh, I'm really looking forward to bringing a next guest to you very soon. Thank you.